this episode of Tabcast, we talk about a barroom brawl, delve into the depths of caves, and build a village when we do a playthrough review of Above and Below. Everybody loves a good story. I do love a good story. Yeah? Are you going to tell us a story? What would you say is your favorite kind of story? <clears throat> I don't know. One with a good ending. Which kind? A good one. <laughs> which, which? I mean, just an ending. It doesn't matter what type of story. No, as long as the ending is good. You're crazy. It doesn't even have to be a happy ending. It could be a sad ending. It just has to have a good ending. So you don't even care. You're just like, okay. Well, I want to feel like the story is like had its you know you always have the beginning like i remember that one time or once upon a a, time what's a good ending (laughs) i don't know give me a good ending where you don't have to go well what happened next oh okay (laughs) so so the titanic sinks and everybody dies is that a good ending (laughs) it wasn't the movie because she never let go and then she learned how to fly a plane and she rode a horse and she had a whole full life and Oh, God, I'm going to get all teary. Just now? <laughs> it was such a good movie. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Uh, I love that movie. <laughs> You're outrageous. <laughs> uh, the ending for the real thing, not so good. But the story uh, in the book, in the movie, yeah, that's a good ending. I think, I think, I really think that the key to every story is just a journey of some type. Right, but you get to the end of the journey. Like, nothing that bums me out worse story. than, like, you know, like a movie or something where it's like, 24 hours and nothing really comes of it. You know why? (laughs) Why? Because that's what life is. Right. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to know what everybody did on Tuesday. Yep. I already know something else is going (laughs) to happen, so let's keep going. We'll just find out more later. Well, whatever. Right. I think ultimately there has to be a journey that results in some sort of transformation of character. Right. That's, That's all that has to happen. Right. That's the best kind of story. So what's, what's, what you've got, you've got something in mind for the worst kind of story. Like I said, it's it's that one. What what movie though are you relating it to? Oh man, I don't know. I, there's there's a few of them, but I, I always I, I never now remember. I put them. you on the spot. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Spat <laughs> tears in my eyes from Titanic. Oh, this is terrible. I'm all snarfy now. Anyhow, ridiculous. Go ahead. You wouldn't even go see that with me. I went and saw it with you. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. The third time I saw yes. it. Yes. Oh, junkie. Wasn't my fault. <laughs> Anyhow. Well, story so, is uh, everything in writing, and in, in in hobby gaming, it really is a plus. It really helps everything. Well, it just kind of gives an extra layer to a game. Right. So let's just look at the story that the future holds, Nicole. Steady your senses, listeners, as the clocks begin to spin forward, leaving your board game room behind and getting a glimpse into... crappy stories where I don't know the ending until six months from now when the game finally comes out. Which one? Whatever you're going to tell. It's talking about later. <laughs> this is coming out pretty soon, huh? and you even saw a little bit of this. You got you got a little, your taste buds, you know, 
kind of just got Tingled. a little flavor of it. You kind of <laughs> inhaled the flavor. Right. As you walked by the Dragon and Flagon from Stronghold Games. I saw it for a second and a half. Right. We didn't even go in the booth. It was really busy. Really busy. Like the Stronghold booth was just like just Huge. piles of games all along the edges of it. Uh-huh. And then inside was just like a bunch of tables that were, that were just full of people constantly. Mm-hmm. Pretty popular, you know? Yeah. Big upgrade for him when we first saw him and he had like an 8x8 eight eight booth. Yeah, and you sold him the game. <laughs> I know, I sold, I sold Chris, <laughs> Chris yeah. the Panic Station game. Right. And Bonacore was Bonacor. like, he sold it better than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow. Right, but uh, Dragon and Flagon is a fantasy barroom brawl game. Right. Isn't it? It looks pretty neat. I mean, you've got like this gridded off kind of floor and you add, you know, a bunch of stuff to it. And it, what's neat about it is the stuff you add is all this three-dimensional kind of things that can then be used in the fight. Stuff like uh, tables and chairs and barrels and mugs and rugs, all kinds of stuff. Right. So you're like fighting with spells and, and, and trying to get, you know, win bragging rights is what you're trying to do. Now, I found out there's a similar, similar uh, time track in this to Patchwork. Remember, remember how yeah. Patchwork has a thing where you take you take a piece that represents this many actions to take that piece, and that moves you farther along. And the other player might be able to take like three actions if they do small steps rather than one really big step. If you did a big step, for instance, right, which is actually a really cool <clears throat> timekeeping mechanic. Right, and this is the same kind of thing. It has the same sort of track, oh. and there's a time limit to that fight. And if you do some really big, you know, Hollywood-like move. It may, you know, give someone a chance to, you know, if you throw like a chair across the room while jumping off the bar, they may have a chance to jab you in the face with their right hand and, you know, several small jabs before you get a chance to do anything about it. <laughs> Sounds like a very violent game. <laughs> well, it is. It, obviously, it's going to be, okay? <laughs> um, so that, that's, that's one of the cool things about it that I found. Uh, the actions are picked in advance of the turn. Uh, each player has a deck of 18 action cards that they get to use that, that sort of tell what they're doing and, and how they're doing it. I don't know if there's a cool down time on them or anything like that, but, it, you know, whatever actions you're doing, it's not complete anarchy. There is some sort of control over what you can do every turn. Right. And I didn't think it looked too bad. Didn't you think it looked okay? It looked okay. I didn't really get a good enough uh, overview of it at the time. Right. And I didn't research it because you didn't tell me you were talking about it. So good job, Fred. I'm never telling you anything. <laughs> We'd be unprepared, Nicole. No, I hide, I hide information from you, Nicole. That's what I, I do. know. I look like a moron every time when we get <laughs> no, on no, here. No, you don't. No, you uh, don't. Okay. I'm crying about movies and not knowing what you're talking now that, about. I mean, honestly, yes. There, yes. <laughs> but not this. The, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just, that's kind of how it plays. It just sounded cool. Like, the second I saw it, it had that kind of patchwork timing to it and stuff like that. And you had the cards that's... that kind of d dictated what you were doing and how much they cost and stuff. Yeah, that's piqued my interest a lot more on yeah. that. We should have done it as a piqued interest. No, I'm just It kidding. really changed my, my interest in it because it was like, before I just thought, oh, wow, you just take your turn and you do a couple actions and roll dice. And then you next person gets a couple actions and they roll dice. And Do you know how many players it's up to? I don't have any idea. Oh, see who's unprepared now. This is the future, okay? It could change. <laughs> it could change. <laughs> <laughs> the future's not set, Marty. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's one of my cardboards of tomorrow. What do you got? Okay, well... Do I it. was really excited for about a minute and a half when I saw a game 90 called... full seconds? I know. when I Not even that long. Um, but I heard about a game called Unfair. It's on a Kickstarter, yes. so that already decreases my interest in it because I'm on. not a fan of Kickstarter you, stuff. I don't like it. You it's not will my thing. Be. I just, if I see it and I want to buy it, I want to do it right then because I'll lose my gumption I if you. I have to wait. It's like when I go shopping 
And I go, ooh, this is awesome. I'm totally picking this up. If I walk around with it for 10 minutes, it will end up back on the shelf. I will talk myself out of it. That's what happens with me in Kickstarter. So that's why I don't back stuff because I feel like I have to think about it. I have to like prepare and research. You have such a problem with commitment. So I do. (laughs) So anyhow, but I I read into it because I'm like, well, eventually I'll be able to just buy it somewhere, I'm sure. Right. And it's like a card game about a theme park. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's like, it almost sounds like a deck building, but not really, but kind of a mm-hmm. worker placement, but not really Right. mechanic that I couldn't quite wrap my head around because I haven't seen a video and we've never played it. And it's got like four little themes built into it that you've got like your pirate rides and your ninja rides and it, it just... <laughs> I know. Like I, I like I was like, ooh, theme park. I'm super excited. Tell me more. And I start reading about it. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound cool. The second you got to it, you realized it wasn't a connect set that you got to build a roller coaster on the table, and you decided kind you weren't of. excited. That's <laughs> what I need. I need a new mouse trap, only complex. Only roller coaster challenge. and roller coasters. Yes, the roller coaster challenge, mouse trap <laughs> game with a point that's not just get around and. Well, I really and feel like you roll the dice. You were it's like right up your alley theme wise. You you were uh I you would think, but then it's just like I don't even think the cards didn't even they had the different theme decks, but when I'm looking at the pictures, I didn't even see a theme on them. It's very confusing. I don't right. know if it was just poorly but presented to what me. What I was saying is that you were a roller kite coaster tycoon junkie. Oh yeah. And you had like five expansions for one game or something like that. You well, know? And I, yeah, I still every once in a while jump on the Xbox and play that other theme park game. I think it's just called Theme Park. Right. You know? Right. And there's some horrible pop song that's on the radio every once in a while that was in that game. And every time I hear the song, I want to go home and play that game because now it's just fully associated. <laughs> it's terrible. My, right. my addiction to roller coasters. Oh. Right. I mean, and you like riding them in real life. I, I yeah. just don't... I mean, the closest thing I think we've had to a fun theme park game is steam park yeah and that's it and i was just i, I didn't know what this one was about you you it's, you said something about it's it just and i was a like card oh maybe game. i should it's be excited just, for you no no i don't i don't think i'm gonna be that excited in the end because it's just it's just a point gathering card game with pictures of roller coasters and and spinning things but they don't i mean you're right I, what i want i like the minute i heard unfair you're and oh and you're stabbing each other in the back with you can make your other people have sick people in their park or whatever right eh. that's the worst part of those theme park <laughs> games is the sick people complaining about every every hard thing you do to make this cool awesome coaster and guess what there goes little billy flying off of it or he gets through the whole ride and doesn't fly off and then he pukes now i got to clean that up you that's know who terrible would design a good one what who vlada Chavadal. Why? Why do you say he, that? I just, I just have this feeling like he could, he could do something really complex and fully realize a theme park. But then it would be too hard for anyone to understand. <laughs> no, seriously, I just want Mousetrap, the theme park game with, with actual harder mechanics than, than roll and move. That's what I want. Somebody make it for me. Go. <laughs> <laughs> that's my challenge. Okay. So that's my, my maybe cardboarded tomorrow. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on it and and and. It's not out of the running for something I might want, but eh, they'll have to open up a whole lot more themes. They only have like four of them right now. Right. Might be five, but I think the fifth one's like zombies. Oh, come on with that. I know. <laughs> How many zombie theme park rides exactly. have you ever ridden? The only time they do zombie th- themes at theme parks is the Halloween 
you know, retheming and then but they the don't ever normally I... just have a ride that no. is that. They'll do haunted house, but they won't do zombie. Oh, breaking news on theme park scary rides. Uh oh, here we go. They're closing down the Tower of Terror, the ho- the Hollywood Tower of Terror at Disneyland. At MGM. At Disneyland, California, really? they're closing it. They're gonna make it's gonna the last day is like January of next year. Why and is that? They're gonna make Guardians of the Galaxy land, which would be I cool. Love, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. But they're taking so down much. the Tower of Terror, so that's you know, not board game related whatsoever. <laughs> but people should care. <laughs> they're just gonna get rid of it altogether. Yeah, they're not gonna take it out of MGM Florida, right? Not that I saw. <clears throat> That's such a cool ride. I know. I'm never going to get to Completely different every time you ride it because it goes up and down differently. Oh, it's amazing. They, they basically programmed it not to be the same. Yeah. They are going to do like uh, theme nights in October, like through September and October before they decommission it, where uh, they do like haunted, extra scary time where everything is just completely dark. Like no lights, no lightning. But that kind of takes away from the effect too. I, I think. know. That, that sounds like they just canceled half the theme. I know. You need the theme in the theme park. Right, pass. <laughs> but anyhow, I just heard that today and it kind of bummed me out. And we were right. talking about theme parks. So hmm. there's my side note. What you got, Fred? All right. Uh, <laughs> last, I have one that we're both excited about, I guarantee. And that oh. is that Thunderstone 3 has been announced. Well, <clears throat> third edition, not three. Three. No, three indicates that this was number one. <laughs> this was a sequel. Okay. And this is the stupid <laughs> Western one where they go the, back in time. I don't know. The third Thunderstone has been released, has been announced. Third edition. Right. It's different. And I have really, really high hopes for a big overhaul. Really? Yeah. Why? I, I you know, I like Thunderstone, but I still think there's room to integrate theme a little bit more. Okay. And, and they might as well. They're going to do it a third time. You know, okay, the first one came out. And it was a, it was like, it was basically like, let's be honest, it was like uh, that. Uh, oh, what's that horrible first? Dominion. Dominion. Yes. You're welcome. It was like Dominion with some some real theme applied instead of implied theme. Well, you <laughs> fought the dungeon. Right. You got to fight monsters, and you got to recruit a group of heroes and go in and fight these monsters with these heroes. Right. right. And that was fun. And you would try to beat the most monsters. You'd count up your victory points for beating monsters at the end of the game. And you were and done. And then you would win. And uh, I would not. I, I think I've won every single game of that. Pretty sure. Yeah. I love it. It's a good game. It's my favorite game. It's the great equalizer for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so here's the thing. So then they took did a second one. Now, the second one really didn't change the game that much, except just a couple of things. One, it made it made some of the iconography a little more clear. And, and how the cards were laid out changed a little bit. Some of the numbers got bigger and easier to read. And they, they just it just seemed, you know, cleaner overall. Easier to read is always good. Right. The second thing they did in the second edition was they, they basically made these levels of monsters. Because in the first edition, you would just shuffle an entire deck of monsters. And you might pick the hardest guy in the deck other than the Guardian right off the bat. Right. Because all, all you did in the first edition was put a guardian on the bottom of the deck or something like that, or in the bottom three cards, so you didn't right. know exactly when it was going to pop up. So then they made it so that you had levels of... Right. Because game. because you could still potentially pull a way too tough guy, then you'd end up throwing away all these victory points just going to the dungeon, because they had a mechanic built in so you could go to the dungeon, fight and fail in order to discard the monster you fought. Which I never really am a fan of that. I know, you hate that. 
It's like conceding the fight. I don't <clears> like that. I don't like conceding the game. Well, it's and it's one so, of those things that I usually don't do until we've done three or four turns where we haven't beaten that creature and we're both just sitting still because we don't have enough light sources and we don't we're not tough enough. I'll be like, okay, I'm just okay, gonna go I'm fight him. I'm just gonna him. fight him. I'm gonna lose on purpose. And then you'll be yeah. mad at me. Losing on purpose is not how you play the well, game. Well, and then I turn right around and beat you anyway. Poor sportsmanship, sir. It's not poor sportsmanship. It's it written is. in the rule book. I don't like that rule. So hopefully <laughs> they'll change that. Okay, so here's uh, the other thing they did. They, they, they did that. They, they basically made levels so that you would shuffle a stack of first level guys, then a stack of second level guys, then a stack of third level guys with a guardian on the bottom of that. That's how it, it turned out. Right. So that, that was really cool. The other thing they did is they did give you an easy map, like sort of a beginner's map that reduced the light requirements for going down to the dungeon because you, you basically take penalties to your attack by going in, in like deeper levels of the dungeon without a light source or a certain amount of light sources. Right. Sorry, I had to dawn. <clears throat> so, Long day. This is what they've done that we know right now. What? Okay, first of all, it's completely epic now, which epic was this variant that was started that, that basically you organize all your heroes, all your level one heroes into a pile and you just shuffle them up. Right. And whatever comes out of that out of that shuffled deck is what heroes are available to purchase this turn. And it randomizes every hero in the box, not just a set three or four different types of heroes, you know? Uh, then you would take weapons and shuffle all of them together and draw a certain number of weapons, and then you would shuffle all the rest of the cards into a pile and have a certain number of whatever random versions came out of that. Right. <clears throat> this was supposed to make it, and monsters were the same thing. You would shuffle all your level ones together, all your level two together, and all your level threes together, and then you would just add a, a randomized guardian to the bottom. Right. That's fine. We tried it once, and it was okay. Yeah. But it slowed the game down, and the game already takes us somewhere around 90 minutes to play. You know, maybe even longer. It's been a long, long time since we played, so I don't remember. Right. It took, it took us somewhere around 90 minutes at least to play. So we kind of, you know, when we played Epic, all of a sudden it took like two hours or two and a half hours to play. And it was like, the game didn't get better because we played an extra hour. Right. <laughs> you know? And I don't really felt like the theme came out that much more, enough to justify the extra hour. Well, I didn't hour. think any more. <clears throat> so, it just gave you more variety of, ooh, look, that came up. Right. And, yeah. So this game is now going to be designed with that at the beginning. You're supposed to play that version of this game. Now, okay. I don't know what that means past that, but they uh, they have said that right up front. They're going to do that. Um, so let's talk about what I would like. Okay. okay? What would you like? Because they have a chance to, to do stuff that, that would be really cool. So what I would like is I would like um, heroes at least one to like stay in front of you as your character, as the leader, Why? you know, because right now you're, you're like this, it's almost like you're just some fat cat banker throwing money at a bunch of heroes you find in town. <laughs> well, you're the lead hero. But I don't do anything personally. I can't hold a sword. I can't attack the monsters. I do nothing. I sit in the back and point my finger. Well, that's what being a boss is supposed to be. I don't want to be the boss. I want to get in there and get my hands dirty and slice oh. some monsters up. Okay. So I would love it if I had a character. That's one thing. Okay. And I would like it if I could level up and get my own weapons and stuff like that. And I, I that they would, you know, modify the monster stats to support this, this kind of thought. The next thing, I think that, you know, all those heroes should be asymmetrical. 
I think that they should come up with some way. At the very least, even if they don't let me have my own hero character, that we have asymmetrical card decks to start the game. Like, maybe I play a fat cat who's a certain type of guy, and a dungeon investor, let's just call him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but I would like it if I had a different setup of cards than you did. Okay. <laughs> if I had a reason or some way to kind of, to kind of change it up. So it's not that same old Dominion formula of we have exactly the same cards, we have so, the exact same piles. Why not do that if you're already going to randomize everything into epic variants? So your guy would have a torch, but my guy would have a flashlight? No, your guys have a pack of matches that you can only use three times. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know. It'd just be something different. Huh. It wouldn't be the same thing. I don't want, I don't want different cards to the same effect. Right. Like, let's say that the flashlight gives two light... And my torch only gives one light, but I also start with a sword instead of uh, instead of one of the daggers. Right. Something like that. Something that offsets us a little bit at the start. Gives me a certain way to go and you a certain way to go. Something to kind of mix it up. Sounds like you want a different game than no, Thunderstone. No. <laughs> I still like it. I still like a deck-building dungeon crawl. Okay? Yeah, me too. Um, we should play a Thunderstone tonight. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how many times have I said that on the podcast and we've actually played whatever that game was that I said that about <laughs> that night? We got, we got chores. Like never. Okay. I know. We're going to eat sushi tonight, I think. Are we? Are we? I don't know. Maybe. Here's the deal. Another thing that's kind of cool about this, that that's kind of some basic ideas I want to have happen. I don't care if I play a random hand of adventurers out of my hand. Uh -huh. That's fine. As long as I'm an adventurer calling them to help me. I've been like, uh, I've been separate from it the whole time, and yet I'm supposed to be playing sort of a role-playing game. Well, I'm not playing a role. Yeah, but okay? if you've got a guy in front of you all the time, then it's not really much of a deck builder. That's the whole point. You could have a guy in front of you. Why would that be so bad? You want Xeno Shift. No. You can revolutionize this a little bit, since we're doing a third edition of this. But you this. didn't even like Xeno Shift. No, Xeno Shift was not good. But they had the little leader guy. You had your guy, right? Didn't you? I can't remember. Yeah, we each had a guy. Well, I'm going to tell you that Xeno Shift wasn't good and Thunderstone's really good. <laughs> so don't ruin it. I don't. It's not I mean, going to ruin it. Don't don't put a leader in. I'm please. putting a leader in. <laughs> just just on everything Fred said. AEG, call me. I got plenty of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another thing that's kind of cool about what they're doing this this time is, and this might change your idea, is this is coming to Kickstarter this October. Oh, God dang it. I freaking don't like it. Ah, <laughs> yes. Just sell me a game. Yes. Well, here, they, they will sell you a game. Later. They, they'll sell you the game. And I'll feel ripped hold off on, hold because on, hold look on. at all the cool stuff you could have had look, if you'd lady, have just had faith here, here's in what, them. Here's what we're going to do for you, okay? I'm going to represent mm -hmm. AEG for, for AEG this time, okay? You're going to throw in a set of Ginsu knives? Ma'am, we understand that you have problems with Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to do this promotionally. Through your local game store. Does that make you feel better? What, what does that mean? That means that you can do a what we're calling a kick it here promotion. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Before you, before you get mad and walk away, <laughs> the promotion, you will, you will contact the store. They're going to give you a Kickstarter pledge, and they're going to give you unique stuff when the game ships to that store. And you'll be able to take part in a private event, Kickstarter-only event that takes place at that store, playing your brand new copy of Thunderstone version 3. Right. Look, I'm just going to tell you this, too. If you don't want to kickstart it, and you don't want the extra promo stuff, 
you can still get the Kickstarter version of this game at your local game store that supported the Kick It Here promotion for a limited time. For an extra how many however many dollars? Two billion dollars. Exactly. They haven't talked money. I haven't talked money. Why are you adding money into this? We're talking about fun and games. Right. All right. I end don't of know. scene. I'm not the AEG guy anymore. Okay. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just I hate buying stuff and having to wait for it. Do you know for the longest time that's why I didn't like I wouldn't buy anything off the internet. Because I'm not giving you my money if I'm Give not gonna have money. it for a week. Give me your money. And then Prime <laughs> got me like, well, I'll have it in two days and I don't have to go to the store. Right. Okay, I can kind of do that now on give me some your stuff. Money. But I'm not waiting. I'm waiting two days. Right. I'm not waiting months and months and potentially a year. Oh, I, I wait over a year for stuff. <laughs> and then I get a whole treasure chest full of extra stuff. Yeah, and then you open it up, we play with it once, and then it goes in the room and sits there. And I, it just, I don't know. I don't. I'm going to quit saying how much I don't like it. I just don't like it. Let me let me represent Kickstarter, the company, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> we have a lot of money now. We had a good idea, so you need to shut up, lady. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. We heard that you don't like Kickstarter. Is it? What's your problem with it again? You don't like waiting? Mm -hmm. So you don't like good stuff? You don't think good things come to those who wait? I'm extremely impatient. Oh, man, that's too bad, because you're going to miss out on all the cash and prizes. When I was a kid, my crazy neighbor <laughs> thought she was a psychic, and I was a kid. I so, met this neighbor. Yeah, she's insane. She peed on my car because she got angry with me once. Literally <laughs> peed on my car. <laughs> Anyhow, she was psycho. So before it I made me. her angry, it was me. I did that. she told no, me, she, she read my future <laughs> and told me that... Uh, I was in this life this time to learn right. patience. And I was like, well, that actually makes quite a lot of sense. Maybe you're not so crazy. And then she peed on my car and I was like, yeah, yeah, she's crazy. But didn't she like point at the sky right afterwards and go, I have foretold this. And you saw like a shooting star at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that did actually happen too. It was really <laughs> creepy. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she was like talking to the space aliens and then there was a shooting star. I, I don't know. Look, here's the good news is you don't have to be patient because I'm going to be patient for the both of us. And I'm going to kickstart this game. Okay. Just <laughs> what don't they, talk to me about it. What if I get like three expansions worth of cards? one of these cards? days, just have it show up and be like, look what I got. And I'll be like, oh my God, that's so great. Let's play right now. And you'll be like, hold on, let me read rules for five hours. Oh, I'm kickstarting this game. We, I don't know if I'm going to do don't. a live promo version of it. I don't know if I'm going to do the, the store version. But, I mean, I want it. I, well, I want it too. I just don't want to know about it until I can actually just buy it. So just don't tell me until we have it. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. Like the whole time I'll be like, another stretch goal opened uh, up a day. It's so... Never mind. Never mind. I'll, I'll talk to you about it when it comes out. It stresses me out. You. It stresses me out when you do that too. You'll be like, oh, look at this. And I'll be like, what? What? <laughs> Who died? There's a stretch goal. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new figurine. <laughs> what are you look talking at her. about? She's half dressed. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's terrible. Every time. Look. Oh. Oh my god, look at that. Map tiles. What, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Extra dice. Anyway. <laughs> All right, that's the cardboard of tomorrow for this episode. My life's going to be torture for a while again, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Now, above and below is a we played that this week. Oh, okay, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh they that is a worker placement game about building a village. But it's also a cave exploration game, so let's find out what about that. All these games happen. All right, Nicole. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's hear about these caves. 
<laughs> what are you going to talk about? Well, here's the here's the here's the honest truth about this whole thing. I asked you what we we're going to do for what about that, and you said, "Well, let's just do our top five work replacement games." And I said, "Ah, oh, I don't want to do that." What was that? Uh, it sounds like a trash truck got here outside. Late that afternoon. Is that the trash truck? Well, they already picked up our trash. It scared me. Nope, it's Anyhow. the other trash company. So I decided, well, hey, let's look up some cool cave facts. And I think I found a couple. Did <laughs> so you? Here's, here, this, is what I, this is what got me started, okay? Okay. So I looked up just caving. Yeah. And traditionally known as spelunking. Yes. Which I found out that that's actually only United States and Canada. That they, it's known as spelunking. spelunking. Yeah. Yeah. In the United Kingdom and Ireland, it's called potholing. Do you know why? No. I found out that. The, the reason is, is a cave is the term for a horizontal hole in the earth. And a pothole is the official term for a vertical hole in the earth. Really? I know, right? I just well, called what? it something they needed to fill in on the way to work, you well, know? Well, what's the difference between a pothole and a sinkhole? I think a uh, sinkhole must happen normally. I don't know. And the pothole is something man-made? I don't know. Well, then no, why would it be pothole? the other way around, maybe. I don't know. No, a I, sinkhole I ha- happens naturally. Remember the sinkhole they were talking about? Like uh, the one that swallowed up the uh, Corvette factory in Kentucky. Maybe there's something to do with rocks. I don't know. <laughs> but a pothole is a vertical version of a cave. That's well, what I found out. Spelunking, potholing, caving, <clears throat> all, all it means actually is the recreational pastime of exploring wild and generally non-commercial right. cave systems. Right. So there's like, you know. So why don't board gamers have, like, we should have a term. What kind of term? I don't know. So instead of, you know, what's your hobby? Board gaming. Board holding. I'm a board ga- Board holding. No. <laughs> Waterboarding. Veto. Waterboarding. <laughs> That's terrible. No. Table topping. No, I don't like that. No. I don't know. We need to have like a, a generalized, it doesn't necessarily, it'd be kind of fun. That, that's our next, that'll ship, be our, our ship contest. Boarding. Shipboarding. The, the prize is just we talk about you on air, which most people don't seem to like. So. Table boarding. <laughs> Table boarding. Okay. No, I don't like that. <laughs> um, anyhow, so caves. Um, the deepest cave, where's it at? Do you know? Did you look at my notes? No, but I'm going to say Thailand. It's not in Thailand. Oh. It's in the Ukraine. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they, it's Krubera Cave, in, and then I'm going to screw this up. Arabica Massif, Georgia. Ah. It's the only known cave in the world with a depth greater than two kilometers. Hmm. It's at uh, 2,197 meters. Right. Which I don't know what that is in feet. It's not as many. <laughs> why don't we do the metric system? It'd be so much easier. We're so cool is why. I don't know. We've got our own thing going. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know my conversions very well, but that's a really deep Look, hole. Look, some people wear button fly. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm sure they do that because never mind. Okay. Um, okay, so <laughs> do you know where the largest cave system I'm is? I'm going to say Kentucky. You would be correct on that, sir. It is <laughs> Mammoth Cave National Park. Yes. Is a, is a U.S. national park in central Kentucky. Right. Uh, it encompasses portions of Mammoth Cave, which is the longest cave, cave system known in the world. Where is the deepest cave in the United States? I don't know. I didn't look that up. I think it's in Hawaii. Really? Yeah. They got these volcanic caves that are ridiculous. Now, I did not see that. Mm-hmm. See, you should have done this section. No way. <laughs> but Mammoth Cave is still bigger than the big, biggest cave in Hawaii. Hmm. It's just well, not yeah, because it's, it's what they say, 390 miles of passageways. Right. Under Kentucky. Right. 
It's huge. Makes you scared to drive over it, especially since that's where the Corvette factory was that fell into the ground. God, all those Corvettes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the most interesting caves I came across was Cave of the Crystals. Hmm. Now, this one, I think... Is that recent? Did they find that? They found that they really found recently. In, in 2000. So right. 16 years ago, that's right. that's like nothing in cave terms because they're like millions of years old. Stupid. Right. I know. Um, Where is it at, though? It's in Chihuahua, Mexico. I go there all the time. You do not. You've never even been. I Have you been there, to Mexico? I, I go for the dogs. Ha ha. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Have you ever been to Mexico? No. Me either. Well, I have once, but I was like a baby. But I've heard myths about like like whole like packs of chihuahuas, of chihuahuas. <laughs> that could strip a body of, you know, all flesh the like wild chihuahuas. I think I saw something on TV about that. And they're like showing like this little vicious pack of chihuahuas and they're just like trotting along. Yeah, just kind of looking at you. <laughs> they didn't really do anything. I always picture one of them should be wearing a little leather jacket. They're the piranha of the land. The pir- <laughs> <laughs> no, so what's, what's so interesting, though, about this cave is it has crystal formations that are just enormous so they measure measure over 30 feet in height right. and four feet in diameter um what kind of crystal i don't know it just said crystal such is like quartz or what i don't know oh, no. it just said crystal it's rich in calcium sulfate okay it's heat infused by magma Mm-hmm. Uh, so the caves are actually extremely hot and people can only be in there for 10 minutes, even like with proper protection, they can last 10 minutes. That's it. Cause it's that hot. Hmm. And so that's why most of the parts of the cave are really actually left unexplored. But seriously, you need to Google it because there's pictures. You'll just see these little, these, this picture of crystals and you're like, well, that's whatever. Yeah. Crystals. And then if you look closer, oh wait, there's people climbing on those crystals and they're like minuscule, right. tiny looking people. Very interesting stuff. Right. So why don't we always go to caves? Well, I'll tell you why. Why? Because uh, there's a large species of centipede. How big is this centipede? (laughs) It's a 10-inch or 26-centimeter long, 10-inch giant centipede. Yeah. It's of Central and South America. The species, which is also known as the Peruvian giant yellow leg centipede, has <laughs> modified jaws on its head, mm. which can trap and deliver venom to its prey, such as mice, lizard, and frogs. Yeah. And a population was discovered hanging upside down from cave roofs in Venezuela Ew. and feeding on bats. Amazing. The venom is toxic to humans, much yeah. like an insect sting, and right. can cause swelling and fever. But these are the kind of things that you find in caves, okay? Let's talk more you about it. You find giant centipedes. <laughs> I got you find, more. <laughs> oh, you looked up more? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. tell me more about this. Let's these. talk about this because this is interesting. This is hor- horrifying. Because we're going to go on a lot of adventures in caves where we find lots of stuff. But let's talk about what really we find in caves, okay? <laughs> what the, These are animals that are, that are cave-dwelling, and they're known as troglobites. Isn't that like the little, looks like a roly-poly? Nope. You're talking about a, uh, what are they, trilobite. And what is this? This is a troglobite. Okay, what's the difference? These are, this is the term that's just given for an animal that dwells in the cave all the time. Doesn't leave the cave. It's not like a bat that comes in at night and then leaves in the, in the or comes in the day and then leaves at night to eat or something like that. These are cave-dwelling 100% of the time animals. Are they like like mammals or insects or They're all over the fish? place. So let's talk about that, please, okay? Please, please tell me more. Up front, I got to say that these are all going to be pretty unique. Okay? And I'm going to give you the five I found most interesting. Okay? 
Okay, because these are all unique because they're they cannot survive outside of the cave. Like their survival rate is really poor, at, if at all, if they leave the cave. So because of ultraviolet rays <laughs> from the sun. Right. So these no, are these are really unique, and the reason and another reason they're really unique is because they can't survive outside of these cave systems. They usually only exist in one cave system. So they're very unique animals, and they're almost always listed as endangered right out of the gate, the second they find out about them. Okay. So let's talk about the one that I think is the fifth most interesting. Now we'll talk. We'll go. We'll go the lowest level. You got level. a five. List. <laughs> <laughs> In your face. I had five things on my list. We're gonna start close to home. Okay. Number five, I gave to the Tumbling Creek Cave Snail. Ew. Found only here in Missouri. In one stream system, it is classified as endangered due to reducing populations. They found like 43,000 of these in this cave down in southern Missouri like uh, in 1973. And at this point, they went back to the same area where they collected that data originally, and they found one. (laughs) But they they searched a different part of the stream, and they found some more, but they didn't try to give like a big survey on it. So it's, it's considered like it it may be going. They don't know exactly why. It could be like pollution. They don't know. But, is it in that fantastic <clears throat> caverns? Because that's the cave you drive through, and they're no. poisoning them with that horrible, stinky smell of whatever propane that they power their little propane jeeps with. Propane fuel? They're stinky, right, uh, man. <laughs> okay, so blind white aquatic snail is what it is. It has gills, and it has an operculum, which is like whenever a snail goes into its shell, and you see like it's like this membrane sort of close around the opening. Mm-hmm. That's the operculum. And it has one of those. And it has gills, so it stays underwater its entire time. It doesn't go up for air. It never comes out of the water. It stays in the water. So it's like a modified sea snail. Kind of. Okay. Pretty cool, right? Sure. Number four. Gross. <laughs> Gross. We're going we're gonna to move up on, the, on the, uh, the animal ladder here a little bit. Now, you mentioned centipedes, so let's talk about Ugh. spiders. <laughs> let's talk about the newest on the list of 18 that I could find. It's called the Troglo-raptor. That sounds terrifying. It's a large cave spider found in the state of Oregon in 2010. It has a, th- a leg span of three inches, and it has six eyes. It's kind of a brown-looking spider. When I looked at it, it looked like a large brown recluse, to Gross. be quite honest, without the violin, you know? And the poison? <clears throat> I don't know about the poison. They didn't say whether they'd accepted a bite or not to find out <laughs> but here's the interesting thing about it this is this is another reason why these these animals in these caves are really intriguing the troglaraptor has a unique respiratory system unique like this spiders haven't had this respiratory system for 130 million years huh that's how long it goes back that's probably about the time that it split off from whatever ancestor it had which has now developed a completely different respiratory system. Because it went outside. Right, and it's, it stayed in the caves, this big old spider. Pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. You love that. Let's go to number three. This is why you should always go outside. <clears throat> Enjoy right. the air. Now, number three, I found, was, was, I found out that fish, it's a fish. Okay. Fish are probably the most successful cave dwellers there are. Well, and this makes a lot of sense. Different than... It makes a lot of sense given the bottom of the sea. Right. Is so it's like jet black, and they develop all these ways to see and make their way around and stuff like that. Now, the coolest one I'm going to give to a guy who lives in Thailand. It's a little 2.8 centimeter little white pink fish, white and pink fish, called the the waterfall climbing cave spider. Now I watched a video of this climbing cave spider fish. No water waterfall climbing climbing cave fish. Sorry. Blech. Waterfall climbing cave fish is what I was going to call this. Okay. Now, this is what's cool about it. 
I watched video on him, and he kind of <laughs> showed him, and he kind of just zipped up out of the water, and he stuck to this rock, this kind of wet rock underneath some some water that was falling down this rock. It wasn't mm -hmm. like a wasn't don't don't imagine like a giant 200 foot waterfall, but just water tumbling down a rock. Right. And I watched him and he started, he had these little, his little fins out to the side and he just starts wiggling and he starts wiggling up the rock against the water. Huh. They can actually climb up waterfalls. That's like those walking fish. There was like a book when I was a kid about these walking fish. Right. That they would just come up on the shore and walk around. And I don't remember right. what the story was. Well, this guy's little fins It creeped me out. They can cling to the rocks. I don't like fish all that much. And to know that they're out there walking around. It's so cool. If you watch the video, it's so neat. He wiggles his way up the rock. It's really Ugh. cool. That's, that's the waterfall climbing cave fish of Thailand. So, number two. I'm, I'm gonna go, I could have given it to the Texas blind salamander because this is, this is the amphibian. There's only one amphibian. Okay. And they're, they're the blind salamanders. Okay. I've, I've heard of that. This one's called, it's, it's an olm. OLM, or blind salamander. This is uh, found in the north of the Adriatic Sea. Uh, there's there's several other blind salamanders, but they're all kind of related to the same uh, the same couple of creatures. They're they're related to the mud pup, the mud puppy, and the water dog. Right. But but in these in this case, I liked these because they were a little gross, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 have the uh, they got the nickname of the human fish because they they have the a sort of Caucasian skinned color to them, huh. and they're blind and they just uh, they almost look like an earthworm with legs. Weird. Yeah, yeah, completely blind. It's 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 uh, cave salamanders. Like I said, are the only observed uh, amphibian troglobites. So huh. now number one, we we're moving up the ladder again. Just so you know, I wish I could tell you that it was a mammal, but there are no troglobite mammals. Well, because the bats leave the cave. Right. Mice leave caves, Mice bats leave, leave caves. Uh -huh. Everything everything mammal leaves a cave. But there is one snake that that, that is it does spread outside of the cave, but they are known to live completely inside of the cave cave. And that's So this is the cheaty pants snake. Kind of. It, 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 they have found them completely living inside, but they're not blind. They're, they're not bland in color like these other things are all white. Right. And kind of clear looking or light colored or whatever. This snake is a bright yellow and orange with a blue gray head. It's the beauty rat snake. And it's another Thailand guy. Hmm. It feeds on bats and other little, you know, dwellers inside of a cave. And they've been known to live completely inside of caves. So caving in Thailand, if you're a nature lover, would right. be a heck of a spot for you to go. Yeah, why not? See, I don't want anything in my <laughs> cave. I, purely empty cave. Okay, great. That crystal thing, that sounds pretty good because, right. you know, if it's so hot, humans can barely get in there with proper protection. Probably <laughs> nothing living in there. Well, that's my troglobite presentation right there. Well, thank you for that, Fred. <laughs> we so you hope go. you've enjoyed our segment on <laughs> caves and right now more <laughs> more cave adventures await when we review this game right nicole that's right the following is a true recount of a board gaming session it is not merely a conversation it contains the actual sounds of components success and failure and in the moment emotions from the incident itself the archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. 
All right, Nicole. Barbarians have destroyed your village, and you have to rebuild a new village. Uh, you, you get to start on top, and you maybe get to build into an unexplored cavern. Below. Right, below. <laughs> now, this is a worker placement game for two to four players. Players take turns in each of seven rounds using worker actions. At the start of the game, each player gets a starting building, seven coins, three workers, and a player board. The player board's divided into two areas, the grassy worker area and the bonus point track area. Now, on your turn, you have several ways to use your workers. You can build house, uh, house cards above the ground or an outpost card on an empty cave card that you have explored by exhausting a worker with a hammer symbol on it. Building spaces will generate valuable resources that lead to money and bonus points. Another action you can, uh, you can exhaust a worker to collect good tokens at one per token per worker. In order to get all the work done, you'll probably want to use a worker with a feather symbol on it to train a new villager by paying the cost of the new worker. You can exhaust a worker to labor, thereby generating a single coin. Last, you can explore the underground for two workers minimum. This is where the game gets really cool. You see, the underground exploring brings out a book full of experiences. These, this uh, is a small there's, there's a small encounter followed by a couple of decisions. Each option will vary in difficulty and involve a die roll that relates to the success numbers that are listed on your workers that you brought. For example, some of your guy might say, uh, have a die symbol on it that says, you know, if you roll a four or higher, you get a success. And the other one might, you know, you have to roll a die for him and see if you get a success on there. The other guy probably says like three or higher. So they do vary. <laughs> if you get two successes by rolling the right dice in that case, then you would get a certain effect of succeeding. Uh, so if you fail, there's also a, a, a something that will happen, but succeeding usually grants you uh, a cavern space, at least, to build underground buildings on. Workers exploring can exert in order to gain additional successes. These are placed into the exerted section of your grassy area on your player board. Other workers used during your turn are moved to the, uh, from the active area to the exhausted section. These must be rested in a bed in order to be ready for next turn. Exerted will have to be rested twice before they will be ready again. Not enough beds in your town? Some workers will not be ready to work next round. Every player, by the way, does start with three beds in their town. The goods you collect can be placed into the bonus track uh, to increase your income per turn uh, and also ad adds to your score at the end of the game. On the, and one last thing, uh, the reputation track, there's a reputation track that moves up and down by you accomplishing exploration encounters and by building popular buildings during the game. Points are awarded at the end of the game and the highest one wins. So Nicole, we build the best village and lead the people to a better life. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Nicole, above and below, this is not the only Ryan Lockett game we have from Red Raven. We have the Ancient World as well. I was gonna say it is the only one that we've played so but far. But we haven't though. played the Ancient World yet. No. I looked I at want it though to. the other day and was just like, why haven't we played this game? Because we have no time. <clears throat> but this is above and below, and Nicole, you love worker placement games, so I really do. My guess is that you're going to be a natural at this game. Eh, I don't know about that. Okay, well, I mean I love lots of games that I lose. <laughs> I'm just going to say, Matt and Brianna joined this game, and you really like worker placement games, so I'm, I'm really feeling like I'm faced against two enemies, not only my nemesis, Brianna, but also you, an experienced worker <laughs> placement person, okay? Because okay. it seems like it's right up your, both of your alleys. So two ladies to worry about. Let's start this game. And poor Matt. Oh. I get to go first. Yes. You've had all this time to prepare. You're still not ready. I am not ready. You need to do this. I know. Explaining. I need to build. You doing this? 
doing this. Do I it. think I'm Kay. going to build a snowman. <laughs> That's a song. <laughs> She's not watched that movie? She has. Okay, you know that movie. Wait, what movie? Cannibal the Musical. <laughs> no. She's never watched it? Oh, come on. You said she had. I was talking about Frozen. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? This do you want to build a snowman, not let's build a snowman. Two right. completely different things. Two thing. totally different songs. You said, I want to build, and I said a snowman. This no. Inappropriate July conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah. No, I haven't seen Cannibal. <laughs> That's too bad, because it's Nicole's, like, in her top five movies of all time. Really? Well, probably my top two. Yeah. I love that movie. Well, I'm just telling you. Hmm. Don't Anyhow. look at her eyes. Is it on Netflix? I doubt it. I don't know. Sponsor I have two copies of it, though. <laughs> Because I got like a collector's edition of it too. Oh wow! You should borrow it. It's based on a true story, so the gore is for you've learning been there. purposes. I have. I don't want to spoil it, but you've been there. I've been there. So anyhow, I'm going to purchase that re-roll card, please. What? I know. Four, That's two, two bucks. Two bucks. Ridiculous. And I'm taking the re-roll. You guys wanted me to be first player. I know. Ta-da! No. I was out of the room when we made that vote. This is not fair. You were not. You full on stole first player. Nicole. I did not steal first player. <laughs> out of the gate, Nicole recruits a worker with a re-roll for your explore die effect, is what it is. That was what everybody wanted. <clears throat> that is pretty sneaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, now... You, you, you've had the benefit of the first uh, turn, but the fourth player in a four-player game gets an extra coin. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I know. It seems like such an unfair little bit. I know. Whole extra coin. It's just one extra coin. Look, we need more to go on. Let's continue and listen to my turn. Okay. What, I got one guy I can build? Uh, I like the thing that makes guys go right into my active. I don't mind a potion. Five bucks, though. Come on. Seven dollars. I can get an extra income and four points at the end of the game. There's options here. Hmm. I can't go exploring, but I could build that pear thing and start bringing in the pears. <laughs> <laughs> Is it an orchard? We're going to call it an orchard. Okay, um, <clears throat> extra dollar or people are ready to go when I buy them, which is pretty cool. Nowhere has a bed on it. Well. Except for one underground place, which is terrible. Yeah, All right. but you can't explore, so. <laughs> the sass, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, the hard part of the deal Fred's with. brain. All I can do is build. Right, but I can't figure it out. Well, I haven't thought about this first turn. I know you're making fun of me. I'd like to do that. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) there's like three options that I feel like I have. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do this. I'm gonna get the guy who goes down. You're gonna do that? Did I just steal your move? Mm -hmm. Sweet. I move over there. Stolen. I get the guy goes into my active roster when I buy them. It's a key property. Property. Oh. <laughs> and yes. Matt's turn. Matthew's turn. So obviously buildings have like a lot of variables in this in this game. Right. <clears throat> in most cases they're doing something like bonuses like uh, you know, 
or creating something like, oh, I'm going to make, the, like I said, the pears is, is like, you know, what are the, it's just a fruit that it makes a fruit. I called it a pear. Uh, and the fruit can be a commodity that you put on your bonus track that's going to increase your bonus later on. But they could, in this case, I bought a house that all it does is make it so workers, because like normally, like I said before, workers have three different spaces they can exist in on your board. They can exist in the active, like ready to work, the exhausted, they've just been worked like to one level of, of you know, rest I'm needed. Tired. <laughs> and then there's, there's exerted, which means that they've been worked to two levels of exhaustion on one turn. Right. And I've got something now. Every time you get a new worker, they go into your exhausted. Not exerted, but exhausted. Right. So they're one level away. So you can't use them on the turn you get them. But I've just bought a house right off the bat so that now every time I buy a worker, the rest of the game, they're going to come right in and I'll get an extra action with every purchased worker. So it's a pretty pretty powerful powerful, building, but it gets me nothing at the end of the game. Yeah, but... You, uh, I don't know. It's still pretty powerful. Here's the other thing that I think is kind of interesting about this game. I know a lot of times people will be like, well, who wants to go first? And nobody wants to go first because we all kind of want to get a couple turns under your under our belt so that we know what we're doing before right. we do, take our turn. Uh-huh. This game, I think it's really important to try and go first because right. those initial buildings or whatever that's available, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you heard... The first thing that I bought was to be able to do uh, to re-roll my my dice when I try and take an action and you roll your dice. If you don't like the results, you get a chance to re-roll them. Right. That's what everybody was planning on getting, and I got it because I was first. Right. The entire table looked at those workers and said, "I want the guy who re-rolls." Right. So you go second. You get this where you're going to be able to have your people that you buy be active the time the turn that you get them. Right. And Matt was mad because that's what he was going to get. <laughs> You know, Matt could have had his pick of anything if he right. said, I'll go first. So this game, I highly recommend uh, jump right in. And, and if your turn takes a long time, that's fine. But try and be first player. Right. So Get speaking, what you want. Uh, speaking of jumping in, let's jump into the next round. I don't feel like building at the moment, but I do feel like recruiting. And what do we got? We got someone who does who's really good at adventuring. We got a guy who's okay at adventuring and builds. That guy's pretty awesome for three bucks. The frog is actually better than that guy even. Oh, that frog is hardcore. I think I'm buying that frog. Aww. I am. I'm buying the frog. Hey, so I send here. I send uh, Father Mustache over <laughs> and I spend three dollars. Father Mustache, get me a frog. And he does, and mine goes straight into my ready-to-use pile because of my superpower key card. And that's how Fred won the game. Matt's turn. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I'm in, I'm in last place. And those right now. do those ships down for his turn? Nope, nope. Not until the end of the round. Oh, right. end of the round. Those always refill. The buildings at the bottom always refill, but the rest of the the I know what you're thinking. Don't. Why did I let a frog into the mustache clan? No idea. He's a bearded frog. No, no. Yeah. That's just a rib neck toad. Gross. (laughs) Well, they wanted wanted the frog because they think that if you rub them, then they make you hairy. Okay. Do you think so? Yeah. I'm building. It's a thing. No, this is what it is, really. This is what it is. That (laughs) frog's ribbed neck produces a fine oil that they use to wax up their mustaches. Okay. Yes. So I was just thinking about this. What? So Brianna's the last player. Right. And first player rotates each round. Right. You heard that. 
So let's do the math. If there's only seven turns divided by four players and it goes forward, everybody gets two turns except for the fourth player and their only offset is that stinky little coin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Brianna's at a disadvantage at this point. Yeah, I'm sure she'll make it for it somehow. Uh, and yes, I did select all mustache guys for my starting workers. And then I added an expert explorer frog who has no mustache. Theme ruined. <laughs> but here's what's cool about a frog. What? So I talked about how, like, uh, you know, how you to build, you have to have a, a little hammer symbol to recruit guys or train guys. You have to have a little feather symbol. Uh, the explorer guys, the explore expert guys don't have any symbol. They have an extra die face and they usually have multiple successes they can get with a high enough roll. So, for instance, it might be roll a two or higher to get one success or roll a five or higher and you get sometimes three successes. Right. So it's really cool. And that's what I just bought was, a, was an awesome frog guy. <laughs> now, Nicole, you are the bravest, bravest of us all. And yes. we're going to get to hear you explore a cave first. 144, Nicole. Yes. Multicolored stalactites droop from the ceiling of this sweet-smelling cave. Small ceramic pots rest beneath several of the larger ones. All are empty. On further inspection, you notice that each stalactite has a matching stalagmite which pushes up from the floor in identical color. Hanging from the cave's wall is a small mallet next to, in, next to an inscription carved in a language you cannot decipher. Slow drips of moisture echo feebly as you decide what to do. Okay. You can steal some of the pots by an Explore 4 or an Explore 7, or use the mallet to tap a stalagmite. Explore 3. I guess I'm going to tap it because I can't even do a 4. Okay, you have to hit three successes. Oh, this is terrible. Okay. You have to call out which um, one you're doing at what time. I'm rolling for the pigtail girl okay. first. Got to hit a three. Got to hit a three. Six! Yes! yes. Got to okay. hit a two. Got to hit a two. Aw, oh, I failed. She squeaked. Sorry, that goes <laughs> to the I bottom. Well, I can exhaust her. Yeah. I'm going to exhaust her. Oh, I know you, you hurt, or, injure her. Whatever. She should have done a better job. Exert her. But exert her so, so you get I your get third one. I get my third success. Here we go. You the stalagmite vibrates eagerly at the touch of the mallet, emitting a warm low tone like an earth hewn xylophone. A resonating sound immediately calls back from a matching colored stalactite above you. Moments later, a slow drip begins beneath this stalactite, and moments after that, a slow stream of liquid pours down. Before you know it, the ceramic pot beneath the stalactite is full of fresh, healing water. You take two potions. Ooh. Very nice. See? Wow. <clears throat> I mean, I was, I was hoping it was going to come down and stab your character and be like, kill everybody in your party. Uh, I know. That's not how it goes. All right, so it's your turn. See, that turned out pretty good, Nicole. Mm-hmm. You get the cave space. You get the potions. You get to you you exerted someone, so you get to immediately use that potion to get them rested up an extra time, so they'll be back in play. Yeah, see, good turn for me. I think you're going to do really well. I think so. I think maybe are you my biggest enemy? Usually in this game. Oh, I thought you meant in general. I'm saying in this game. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Not every day. That's every day. <laughs> 
All right, well, not to be called a coward, Matt enters the caves next. Okay. Splashing ahead through warm, ankle-deep water, you encounter an enormous three-tined fork sticking out of a piece of bright coral. Below it, a plaque reads, Trident of the Fish Fork. Do not disturb. Trident of the Fish Fork. <laughs> oh, sorry. It says Fish Folk. I can't read. Fish Folk? Wow, fish folk. <laughs> I was, I was that, talking you know about what, a fork earlier. No, you know that little fork that you get when you have crab? <laughs> okay. So, um, you can yank out the fork for an Explore 3. Okay. Or you can resist the temptation and leave the fork alone for an Explore 4 or an Explore 7. I can't do either one of those, so I guess I have to yank it out. Well, you could if you... if you. I only have a, a 2, a 1, and a 3. I can't get it. Right, right. But if you if you are successful on the first chick and then you're like double successful and then you can exhaust one of or like injure one of them to get plus one so that'd be four you can do four yeah. God, those are so tall. No, i'm resisting okay um, or i'm what, what is what was the first yeah one? yank out the four yeah i'm yanking it yeah okay okay so who are you rolling for the first chick okay to get a two or better and you got a three you so you got one success yeah okay here's another die one. and you're rolling a one so you have two successes you have to either fail the mission or uh, injure one of them to... I have two successes. Yeah, you had to get three. I had to get three? Yeah. Well, that's just me. Yeah. So you're going to injure one of them or are you going to give up? I guess I'll injure this one. Okay, so that one goes into the emergency care unit. And then the other one goes into your exhausted pile. And then that card goes over there. Over here. Okay. And so. you know that below thing. Why do you have? Because all of yours are. It's above and below. So. You've got them. Your belows are. Your aboves are below. I ran out of room. I'm in the corner over here. Well, scoot over your stuff. Yeah. There. Jeez. It's yeah. a big table, thing. Matt. Okay. So I actually have to read the next number. It says read paragraph 131. Ooh. So a giant fork pulls out more easily than you expected. Unfortunately for you, the trident of the fish folk is not a magical sword yanked loose by an unknown king from a fabled sun, oh. stone and lacks the associated benefits. Instead, you discover it was simply plugging a leak in the fish folk's plumbing system. Oh, no. A big one, it turns out. Water gushes free, <laughs> flooding the cavern. As you hurry to escape, you catch sight of a leather bag just below the water. It's full of coins. Yeah, it is. So, you get three coins, but you unfortunately box. lose a reputation. Aww. <laughs> we knew Matt was up to no good. I know. Alright. Well, coins and bad reputation. Yeah. <laughs> so uh coins like there always seems to be coins uh seems like they're always really valuable during the game but uh reputation is also something i didn't talk about how much you score it's they score you score a first second third fourth place mm-hmm. in the two-player game you just score it or you don't but in the uh i think it's worth like is it eight points 
well, it's worth quite a bit. Yeah, but if you're like tied, then whatever. Like if you're tied for second and third, then you take whatever the second and third points are, add them together, and split it. Right. But here's the thing about this: this one, unlike your cart, your tableau of buildings and stuff, uh-huh. this is really in your face who's winning and who isn't. Right. Like it's really obvious that these are points you're going to lose. And they, they could swing the whole game. Right. So going down really early like this off of some ridiculous decision, it's not going to well, make you feel good. Because you not only get the <laughs> points for being, you know, the highest reputation and whatever, but you also, like, if you get far enough or high enough on the reputation scale, you'll get bonus points just for that itself. Right, right. Whereas if you're too low, you'll actually lose a couple points. Right. So. So let's hear uh, Brianna join the cave crew. You meet a traveling merchant with a drooping black mustache and long ponytail. I'm related to Fred. <laughs> he holds out a bottle filled with purple liquid. Hmm? This potion cures any injury. Any Can you make them. me an offer? How Do you much? haggle with the merchant or move on? Uh, if you would like to haggle for the potion, explore two and pay one coin. Or keep exploring. Explore four. Or explore seven. Um, I think I'll haggle for the the potion. Okay. Because I don't. Okay, roll for your guys. This is All your right, first so, guy. Yes, my this guy that trouble. does not have this is trouble. a mustache. Dang it! Okay, he so does I nothing. Don't for get you. that. No. That no mustache thing. Dang, man, I'm terrible. So okay, I only so succeed one. On. You of can them. still you can send those people to the exhausted like like to yeah the you can make area. them exert yeah because what happens if you fail? You get nothing. The card just goes back unless there's a failure thing. We don't know if there is or not. Okay, I guess I'll exhaust both of them. You're exerting them. Exerting them. Okay. You only have to exert one of them. No, I do exert both of them. She only got it was one three, success. right? No, it was two. Explore two and pay one coin. She only, oh, okay. But she only so had I'll... one success. Yeah. Right, and it's oh, so, so you have to exert two. one. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just exhaust that, that one guy. Okay, and then the, the other mustache one guy. goes into the other... Exhaust. Ex- yeah. Okay. okay. And then you pay one coin, and then you receive Oops. a potion and one reputation. Hey! Moving on up. I don't like that. And there is your you. There we go. Wait. Where does my... Matt I'm, went down reputation? He did, unfortunately. He stole a fork. And then my fork was stolen from the, the fork, fish people. Yeah, the from fork the was, was actually plugging a, a issue with their plumbing system. Yeah. And he took it. Yeah. So now they got to deal with a poop situation. They didn't, they didn't want to deal with that, right. so of course. I didn't say sewer, I just said plumbing. Eh, well, you know, one can assume. It's different. All right, so, as you can hear, <laughs> the, uh, the workers have these die face, and you have to call out what you're using. That's the main thing that's kind of terrible, is you have to call them out before you roll the die. Right. So like I said, each one of them will have say, it. You can't roll the dice and say, oh, yeah, I made it with uh, Sally there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you can tell that sometimes you just don't make it. So then you have to do all kinds of bad stuff to your people. Now, Matt wastes very little time before venturing below again. And let's find out how that goes. You descend a short wall into a hot cavern filled with mist. In the thick air, you can only see a few paces ahead of you. You follow 
what you hope is a path until you hear loud snorting in the darkness. Moments later, a head... A heavy pig folk man approaches you. In his hand is a large pickaxe, and his face and clothes are covered in dirt. Thank goodness I found someone, he says. Some sort of shadowy demon attacked my comrades and me just as we found a new vein of gold. I barely escaped, but the rest of my crew is trapped. Can you help me save them? Do you help him save his comrades or sneak away in search of his mine on your own? So, we have help the pig folk, and it's either going to be explore four or explore seven. Or you can ransack the pig folk mine for explore three or How explore many people did you send? six. Two. So the best stop playing along. You didn't put him in the right spot. Right. So the best you can get is a three. Yeah. Well, unless you <laughs> unless you well, you can get a put, five. Yeah. yeah, you can get a five. So if you knock everybody out, I'll do three. Okay, so you're gonna ransack the pig folk mine. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, this guy's a savage. He didn't learn his lesson yep. earlier. Got that one. Got that one. So you got one success. Oh, hey, he's got three you. successes. <laughs> All right. So. I need your help. Where's your, where'd you say your treasure was? <laughs> You're going to get two coins and lose another reputation. It's <laughs> oh, like the worst mine what ever. A dirt bag. Two coins. It's terrible. What a dirt bag you are. That's all I can do. It's not even worth it. Quit ransacking people's stuff. Yeah. Um, Stop stealing. <laughs> How come crime doesn't pay? Yeah. I think justice was served. I think so, too. Now, something we haven't talked about is uh, the way you do have this book of encounters, just like Tales of Arabian Nights. Uh, and it's it's just sort of like this book that has like a bunch of numbered entries in it. Right. And these entries are generated because every time you go to explore, you get to choose how many workers you're going to take down there. And you have to take at least two, but you can take more than that if you want to generate more successes and increase your chances. So there is a little bit of mitigation in there that you can kind of control, you know, how successful you're going to be. Right. <laughs> now, then you draw a card <coughs> from the, uh, the top of this, of this deck, and it gives you your number mm -hmm. that you're going to use down in the uh, cave deal. When you do it. Well, don't you... No, you roll a die. You roll a die after yeah. you draw the cave card. You draw the card, you roll the die, and if you draw right. a six, it'll say number cave, 45. Right, because your cave card has six entries, six possible right. numbers on it. So it does so randomize pretty well. there's a lot, of, a lot well. of randomization to it, yeah. Right, there's no... You're not going to be able to, like, lead yourself to the one you want. Right. Believe me. No. Um, but what's important to note is at this point in, in the recording, we're about 45 minutes into this two-hour game. And all four of us are slowly building our villages and workers. And you've heard some exploration. You've, you heard our opening moves and stuff like that. And a lot of the moves we're doing are kind of the same. But really, uh, if you looked at our table, uh, very little has happened at this point. Uh, you would see that we have all got a couple of extra workers. Uh, we've put a couple of buildings down our land space. And we've been trying to gain money to build more buildings at this point. There's not you know, nothing too dramatic to note at this point. Yeah. But from here, we do a whole lot of exploring, okay? And I, 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 raise the, uh, I raise to the top spot in the reputation track 
because I keep succeeding on these and I'm getting ridiculously lucky. And you're doing lucky. nice things like not stealing from people. Right, I'm not stealing people. I'm not pulling the fork out. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. Uh, Matt has like tons of bad luck and he stays way at the bottom of the reputation and Bri Brianna makes a comeback and kind of comes back up right almost neck and neck with me in the reputation track. So lots of exploring happens and we jump in at the last turn. I hate to say it because uh, everyone begins to really math this game and you're going to hear a lot more about the thinking process during these last like few turns that we're going to have. We're doing the last round, not the last turn. Okay. So we're going to have several turns here. So here, here's the beginning of the last round. I'm going to build, build this card here for 11. I hate your face so much mess. right now. I was going to do so it too. Sucks. She was going to do it. I was going to do it. And so were you. Oh so that was, that, that's the entire table is building that card this time. Heck this yeah. Good job, Nicole. Really Woohoo! High five! No! Self five! No! I mean, I have, I have nowhere to go now because that was my mind, so that let's see. Really bad. Aww, right, so at this very last turn, I mean, honestly, the last round, there are some really obvious choices that everyone would like to do. And Nicole starts it off as the first player on this last round, basically just stealing. I didn't. The most important. <laughs> Any one of you could have been first player, and then through the natural course right. of events, you would have had the opportunity to buy that car. But here's the thing. I don't know. I heard a lot of people say that, that they hated you for that, and I'm going to retract any hate that I have. I know you were a victim of circumstance, so I retract <laughs> that right now, okay? Plus, I believe... Hate is just a metaphor in our house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I do, uh, at this point, I do believe that I can come up with other options, honestly. I don't need to go down that one obvious path to, to victory, believe me. I think I got something else up my sleeves. Let's uh, listen. Usually. I think I will use this feather dude to gather this pear and place it for sale. Hmm. Master. What did you do with the feather I just dude? gathered this oh, pair gathered okay. and I put it for sale. Something that would probably you can't put interest it for you. Sale yet. That's a free action. It's isn't a free it? action before you take a normal action. So you can have it, but you can't offer it yet. Okay. <laughs> Guess what I I'm going to do? So okay, that... well, everybody at the table, just since so that's not a rule, I'm going to sell that pair, Brianna, if you're interested, because I know you'll be interested. Is that, do I have to use a guy to purchase it? No, it's, it's a, a free, free action, action before you do your normal action. Okay. I'm just letting you know that that will be for sale. <laughs> Despite Nicole stifling that. I read that rule Shh. like three times and I clarified it. What if, Shush it. what if I'm out of guys by the time, like. It's a free action, but you'll have to have a guy left. I have to have a guy left. Because you won't, you can't take free actions after you're out of guys. You can take a free action as long as you haven't actually had to pass. So if you right. if you if it's your first turn without passing, okay, then you could still do it. Okay. But if you have already had a turn where you said and I pass because you had nothing you could do, then well, I'm going to be selling it. a pair. Okay, all right, Fred, three dollars. I would say four is the minimum I'll go. See, look what he does. I know. That's the minimum I'll uh, go. Honestly, it's, it's a waste of my time to go less than four. Okay. So four dollars, uh, I'll totally do. Okay, I'm gonna get change. So, teacher's pet came out on that turn. 
talking about? I and didn't write said, anybody's name on the board. And she said, teacher said don't leave your seat while she's out of the room. <laughs> you were trying to break the rules. Now, this move is a real big gamble for Brianna, okay? Because she's going to buy this pair. Now, we haven't really talked about the bonus track. Now, here's how the bonus track works. Every time you put a commodity down, you get to put it in a new space as long as it's a different commodity. Right. And every time you fill a new space, your income every round goes up. Potentially, like it usually goes up like a dollar or something like that or an additional coin every turn. The other thing it does is uh, it, it gives you bonus points for every commodity in that pile. And those points increase as you go from right to left and you fill in from right left to left. To right. Left to right. Left to right. Okay. So. Doesn't matter. As you're, as you're doing this, from it, one keeps, end to the it other. keeps going up. So. Right. And, and you you can see they lay it out right up front. They're like, you have this many opportunities to get mushrooms, this many to get paper, this many to get this, you know, spice or whatever. And they have all these commodities that you can do. And you can fill, I think it's like eight tracks or eight spaces them, on thought. this. Or maybe it's ten, yeah. <laughs> ten commodities or whatever. And you can fill all these spaces and get these, these massive You're points. probably not gonna. By the last one, <laughs> every commodity you have in that space is worth eight points per commodity. Right. First chip that you have in there. But the, the, the catch is whenever you put a second mushroom in, like let's say you have a mushroom, you put a second one and it goes on top of that first mushroom. And that first space is worth one point per commodity. So if you had 10 mushrooms in there, it's worth 10 points. But if you had one mushroom in the last space, it's worth eight points. All by its little self. Right. So, I mean, she. what I'm doing is selling her this mushroom. Pear. Or pear, because she's going to get like four points out of it. Right. And it's only going to cost her four bucks. It's a dollar a point, which is a better deal than anywhere else on the table in this game. Believe me. Now, it, it, for some reason, they... they for some uh, reason, she thought you were trustworthy. For some reason, because the minimum you can sell it for in that space, it says the minimum you can sell a commodity for is $3. Right. And, of course, I said $4 or it's, it's not even worth my time because I already mathed out my turn. Yeah. And uh, she does it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Why? But, but in her mind, she had kind of mathed out her own turn and if thought, there's Fred no makes way. Fred offer, you turn him down. He's going to come back. Shh, shh, shh. There's no way he's going to come back. So, Nicole, let's, let's, before we get back to that, let, let's just, uh, let's, let's listen to your final turn. All okay? right. Okay. I'm going to explore. Whoa. Read from the book one more time. Snake Plissken. 56. All right, 56. Do you want me to read it as Snake Plissken? No. <laughs> Here we go. You travel through a warm cave filled with mushrooms. You're about to pick a few of them when you hear a terrifying hissing sound. Seconds later, an enormous black snake with bright yellow eyes emerges from the shadows. Do you fight the serpent or run and find a place to hide? Hide from the snake, explore three. Fight the snake, explore five, or explore eight. You can't fight your kin. I'm going to fight him. <laughs> you can't okay. fight your kin. Okay, so I roll for snake plissken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nothing. Awful. I roll for the metal man. No, oh snake my eyes. I rolled snake, snake eyes. eyes. I can't believe that, but I get to re-roll. Okay. Okay, so I re-roll the first one. I gotta get me a different die. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> Three. Got two. Mm. See so you're at. And I don't think four successes. Not cheating. Please roll a four or better. Please roll a four or better. Four or better. Four or better. One. Yeah. Oh. So you have four successes. You'll have to. Uh, 
you'll have to exhaust someone in order not to, or in order to. So I had to get a five. Fight. Yeah. Okay. Well, or I'll exhaust my. You'll have to exert. Snake, whatever. <laughs> okay, matter. so you've got the five. You get four coins, a mushroom, and plus one reputation. Okay, so you are green. How right? many coins? Four? Four coins, a mushroom, and plus one reputation. And I use my new chick to... I'm going to add my mushroom. All right, I use my new chick to get a dollar. I'm going to just labor. Labor. Thank you. Okay. Matt's turn. I'm done. Brianna's turn, Will's turn, my turn. I spend sixteen dollars and buy the, and build. Oh my there. goodness! Exactly sixteen. So here's all my sixteen ducats. You don't come so far away from me. I'm right next to you. <laughs> well, I don't want them to get mixed up with your money. <laughs> That's the end of the game, right? That's it. Yeah. All right. So, so lots of, of points for me and bad luck for you. Yes. <laughs> you should explain that whole snake pluskin thing. Okay, well, Snake Plissken is from Escape from New York. He was right. played by Kurt Russell. It's a John Carpenter movie. Do not watch Escape from L.A. It's pretty much just garbage. But Escape from New York was this fun kind of 80s, you know, action movie from, like, you know, this dystopian New York. And this guy is, like, told, you go in there and you do this job for the government and we'll give you, we'll free you, you know, from your, you know, prison, imprisonment or whatever. And uh, he, he agrees to go in and gets to fight all these weird, eccentric, crazy, violent gangs. Okay. Like, I think one of the big scenes in it is where he plays basketball against some guy where he has to dunk, like, or make so many points in a certain amount of time or else they're going to kill him or something. What does that have to do with this game? <laughs> I just had a snake guy. We just called him Snake Plissken because it was like this. Because he looked like. He was, he was a humanoid. Oh, he had a patch. He was a humanoid, but he had like a, a snake or something head, didn't I he? I thought he had a patch. Did he? Oh, yeah, he had an eye patch. Yeah. Because <laughs> Snake Plissken has an eye patch. Yeah. And, and if you want to know, it, Snake Plissken was around before Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid, who I'm sure Hideo Kojima ripped off of Escape Snake from New York. Plissken. Hmm. I'm just going to say. Anyhow. That's my theory. I'm sticking <laughs> to it. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, of course, I had something in mind, and I had like a whole bunch of points. So let's just hear the end of this and see if... If I am if able to take out Brianna, Brianna or not. paid off. Cheating? Come on with that. Cheating her. All right. Well, I was first in the game, so I'll go first. I had 34. Beat you. Tied me. Beat you, too. I tied for loser with Matt. How bad was I doing? Just I bet kidding. Brianna beat me, but I had, I had 41 is what I had. I had 38. Holy oh, smokes. Man. 41. This was a 13-point swing. That sucks. And I made that happen. That was two, you. four, six, and seven. It was thirteen points. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then, close. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that was ten. So twenty-three points was just the reputation track in this one card. Yeah. I only got four points for goods, and eight points for the other stuff. That's I had three total. points for goods, zero yeah, points. Yeah, I should for have reputation. known that you had something crafty in mind for that four dollars. So. Yeah. 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 That's why I purposely. That's why I purposely bid you under what would get me this card, just in case you thought maybe he made a mistake. I'll give him four dollars. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Never give Fred money if he's selling it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So just to clarify things, this is not Brianna's fault, okay? Because I actually had a, a backup plan that would have gotten me eight points, even without her four dollars. Mm -hmm. There was another bonus card that would have gotten me eight points instead of thirteen points. 
And by not giving her those four points, which she would not have got, and if I hadn't sold her that commodity, uh-huh. she would have lowered her score down to like 32 or something like that. And I was looking at what she could do, what was left, and all she would have had was like another couple of points. I still would have won. I'm well, telling you. aren't you awesome? <laughs> I would have won by like one point when I mathed it out is what I remember about it. Which almost it. makes it worse. Right. It would have been 36 to 35 and she <laughs> would not have uh, won. It still makes it bad because she helped you. <laughs> that doesn't matter. She didn't think she was helping me as much as she did. <laughs> but I would love to say that my skillful play won the day, but really the adventure book makes that much less likely, doesn't it? Yeah. So what do you like about this game, Nicole? The underground adventures. The exploration yeah. book is fun. Mm-hmm. That's like the best part. Right. Because you just don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that the, uh, I like I like how the adventures work in this game. Yeah. And about how, how you can, <clears throat> you can always add them in. It's a nice gamble. Considering that worker placement games are traditionally so strict on, I've got to maximize every second of every move, every little bit has to be maximized. And they sort of, sort of play into that wheelhouse with very little randomization. Yeah. Like in, let's say, for like for example, one of the most popular ones, Lords of Waterdeep. <laughs> in that game, the only random stuff is the intrigue cards. That's it. Everything Pretty else much, is very yeah. controlled by turn order and by your number of workers you have, etc. Yeah. You know? uh, so this game, I, I do like that you have that random element, and you're sort of in control of that, not the other people. You never really do anything mean to each other. You know, you might sell them something, but that's the, obviously she had the right to say no. Right. She would have just lost a different way. You might way. buy something right out from under somebody's <laughs> nose. But... Possibly, possibly that that you do have you are a victim of turn order here and yeah. there, but or or just a bad. But I mean that that random element is that underground exploration, and that is a that is a large part of this game. Yeah. When I when when I listened back to the recording of it, it was just like half of our game was in that adventure book. Yeah, not the game just, would be super short if you didn't do that. Like right. If you just said, you know, we're gonna buy houses. Here's your odds. Roll the dice. Okay, you lose. Go move on. <clears throat> right. It would have been a super short game. So what else do you like? Um, the artwork's really nice. Yeah. Um, I think Ryan does. Ryan Lockett, the designer of the game, does all the art. Yeah. And so when we looked at, we have this one. Uh-huh. We have that ancient world up upstairs. It has. I think it's. It, I think it, the art in that is a different. little better. I think it's a little, but different. it's still his. Yeah, it's just a, a little less minimalist. But if you look at like uh, Islebound is the newest. Right, one. it looks just like this. Right. So, I, you know, I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. Like I think the characters are even the same characters. Right, and and near and far is going to have the same artwork. Too. Right. So. Which is fine. I mean, it's it's nice. So <laughs> right. it's not unappealing to look at. Right. I, I think I think it feels right for the game. Yeah. I think for the weight of the game and how the adventures kind of play out and stuff, it just it totally fits in my mind. Yeah. But it's not supposed to be super realistic. You know, I'm pulling a fork out and causing a giant flood. Come on. That's hysterical. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I like that different characters have different areas that they're stronger in or potentially right. not able to do at all. Like you can't, you can't get additional workers if the worker that you're using doesn't have that little feather on there. Right. So if, if you have to plan specific, you know. Right. And those are... Any of them can go exploring... <laughs> but only certain ones can do other moves. Right, and the workers are randomized. So right. they we get a starting set, I believe, 
to pick from. Well, the starting set you, that we get were, to pick from, but you pick like. But you their do like, their attributes were all the same. Right. You get one feather guy, you get one <laughs> hammer guy, and you right. get one just ex- general explorer right. guy. Right, and then, then you get like a, a line of guys, and they only refresh. Isn't it like once around? Once around, yeah. So so if it's possible for all the players to buy out the entire crop of or um, available crop of, of workers, right? Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. What else you think? I don't know. You, what do you like? I think there's a nice integration of theme into this mechanical game. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was really playing two different games. Right. Like, I felt like it really fit together pretty well, considering that they 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 feel like they would be very drastically different. I mean, you don't play... When when I think of Tales of Arabian Nights, which has this same sort of book, or, or uh, Agents of Smirsh, I don't think of it as a worker placement game would really fit with that, but this seems to do that really well. I yeah. think it, I think it was a fun idea to to basically bring in because those games are traditionally considered very theme heavy because you're reading stories out of a book. Right. I mean, how are you going to get more story into a game, more theme than that? I think this this really worked well with it. You don't think so? No, I get what you're saying. I I mean, I agree, but here's the one thing that kind of uh was distracting for me. It just for me a lot of the game was very it was below and below. Because I didn't care at all about the above. What? I didn't. That's where a lot of bonus points were. That's true. But it wasn't where the fun of the game was. The fun of the game was doing all the exploring, was which was the going below and trying to get bonus points for those things. Right. So but that's probably what cost <sighs> me anyways, because I didn't care. At that point, I really didn't care if I got more points. I just wanted to hear more stories and adventures. <laughs> I know. It's silly. Um, but there's And there, there's so few rounds. <clears throat> It is it is kind of weighted like this. The above ground stuff produces more goods for you and stuff like that and gives you some additional effects, but the below stuff gives you bonuses for end game kind of things. And it seemed like as you went, the below stuff was a lot more beneficial right. in winning the game. So it is important, but you gotta kinda of balance the two to make the you know, to keep the game rolling, to keep your income coming in and you know, to be able to do underground stuff, you really have to pay attention to the above stuff. Yeah, see, and I had a hard time balancing that. I just kept wanting to wanting to explore. Right. So, what do you dislike about this game? Um, I actually would have liked it to be a few more rounds, because I felt like because on on most on a lot of worker placement games, you kind of build a little machine, okay? Right. And you get these things into place to where they'll kind of pay off. Right. I didn't feel like there was enough time to get a lot of that going. Hmm. I thought it was a little too short in that respect. Does that um, make sense? It does. It does. But I mean, these games always make you feel like you should have more time. Yeah. But I think one more worker, one well, more time. Yeah. But I mean, and not just, not just for that, but I mean, I wanted the extra time cause I wanted to play another couple rounds with the exploration stuff too. Right. You know, I don't know. I mean, it it's did, not it, often honestly, that you play a game and you, me. I thought it could have been, I, I could have played a little bit longer and I'd have been okay with it. Really? Yeah. Which we, is not a common thing. We played almost two hours. It's fun. <laughs> now we did play maximum player count, so. True. It was, it was uh, as, dy- as dynamic as it could get for sure. Right. So and it might be different with two players. Maybe. It might feel way too <laughs> short to you. I don't know. Uh, one thing I thought was, um, there was a little... Just a little bit, not not too much, but just a little more than I'd like of that. You stole my space feeling. 
Yeah. There were there were key moments where where I was just like, oh come on, you know that one thing came up because it, it's a little more dry. It's not like a a Lords of Waterdeep where all your resources refill every round and all you have to do is wait till next round. No. If someone buys that unique worker that came out that would have benefited you greatly, like changed your whole game around, it's gone forever. Right. The next guy who comes out is not going to be the same. You're not going to get more orange cubes next time and get the cubes that you needed. No. Right. It's not like that. The well, building that they stole from you is gone. It's theirs for the rest of the game. There's no coming back. Right. And if you've kind of if you kind of planned this turn thinking, oh, I'm going to get that on my next turn. Right. And somebody else gets it before it gets back to you. Right. You've almost wasted two turns. Right. Because so there's now a little you're planning. Bit of that. Yeah. Because, because there's so much unique stuff and, and, and because of the variety that he's going to, that is available in this game, it, you do suffer a little bit as a player when you play it. Yeah. Um, something else I thought about was I didn't think that there was very much balance in the exploration rewards. Okay, lucky or not, it just seemed like one time I remember I was I had bad luck and I thought for sure that my guys were going to be exerted and beat up because I, I fought some bandit king and I didn't even fight him. I, I couldn't even do anything. It right. was like the perfectly bad. You failed bad, and it was like, eh, And whatever. they were just like, they were just like, you don't get a cave space. Yeah. And I was like, that's it? Because <laughs> they were trying to steal money from me. I had to pay them off and I didn't have any money and I couldn't roll high enough because... To fight them, I had to roll a six, and the maximum I could get was a three successes. Right. And I was like, I fail automatically. And you're like, oh, you don't get a cave space. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the penalties could have been a little more Right. Dramatic. I mean, I, I thought for sure I was going to lose like a reputation and have two exerted guys. And it was just like, no, they're just exhausted. And But it might have been just space. that one. I mean, we didn't. it's not like we read all the Well, no, there's, that's exploration. The so, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying sometimes it seemed like the rewards and the fails and stuff like that seemed like a little out of balance. Like they could just yeah. be completely random. I, don't I, know. Can, I can agree with that. Um, it may turn off players who like having tons of control. Who, what, like tons of control? Right. When do you ever have tons of control in a game? There's lots of games that are like that. Lots of people who who say I don't want any luck in my games. Oh, see, I like These, a balance. Those of... chess-like players are probably not the right people for this game. Yeah, but you could say that about any luck-based game. So, well, I'm just saying they, you know, there's people, the people yeah. out there that that say that. You know, <clears throat> this isn't so traditionally themed that it's like a dungeon crawl or something like no. that. This is. This very much feels like you're sitting down to play one of these like mechanical games like Agricola or something like that. And that you're going but to... But there's a lot more luck yeah, involved Yeah, and that you're just going it. to play through it. It's yeah, not like that. There's a lot of luck involved in this game. There's a lot of random elements. Random card draws, random worker draws, random dice rolls, random explorations. Tons of random in this game. So don't... I mean, don't think of this. This is a theme-heavy game. Yeah. Okay. It has it has some mechanical elements to it. They are not that tough. It's merely buying the building that seems like the you know most reasonable to buy or what you can afford. What you can you afford. Know? That was another thing. Everything <clears throat> seemed really pricey. Right. Like more so than I felt like I, like I was able to get that one building. Mm -hmm. It was the cheapest one. That one that everybody said, oh, they hated me. Right. It was the cheapest one, and that was all I could afford. That was all anyone could afford. At exactly, because it was really difficult to get money in this game. <clears throat> right. So. Well, I don't and, know, and what's made funny it is, I, in that round, I actually follow up your turn buying that by going exploring, and I I get like totally lucky, 
and I get a ton of money, and that's what made that 13-point thing ball start rolling. Right. You know? So that's that's the thing. Is it, This is a random element game. It, it takes a long time, like you would you know, expect something, you know, a, you know, a weighty mechanical game would take. This is not that really, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a very, I, I'd say it's a very good hybrid that favors theme just a little more than mechanics. Yeah. Uh, so what would you say the difficulty would be to teach to a non-gamer? It didn't seem super hard. Um, I mean, if you've played any worker placement at all. But we're talking to someone who's never played. Anything. Yeah, I still don't think it'd be that hard. I think maybe a three. Right. I think probably, I'd say. And I think that's three. mostly probably three, just barely. Yeah, and I think that's mostly just because while it's not difficult to absorb what's going on, there's a lot of different icons that you'd have to remember. Right. Um. And you know, just really absorbing that turn order. By the time you like really get, okay, I had my turn and I was able to do like this. And then we get around to me again. You almost need that one full rotation to to just kind of get a full grasp, 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 grasp of what you're trying to plan right. for yourself. Right. So what that would you give no this? Sense. What would you give this out of five? I really enjoyed it. I think it's a lot of fun, but I'm I'm a sucker for those storytelling games anyway. Right. So, but I you know something. Oh. Dang, I want to go four and a half. You won't let me. No way. I kind of have to go four. That's what I say, four. And I think it's that that uh, length of length of game. I needed a <laughs> little bit more to build the machine. It was too heavy in the theme for the mechanics to pay off. I think it's a four. I think Solid if we four. did like a, maybe if we should do an experiment of a uh, home rule of adding one more <laughs> no. round or something. No. So that every, well, that's another thing too. I think if you're going to have four players, everybody should get a round with their first player twice. You, it should be a full eight rounds. If you play three players, then you play, you know, six rounds, whatever, or nine rounds. I don't know. In the, in the thousands of play tests they did, that just didn't work out. In the 17 play tests they did. <laughs> No, I don't 17. know. I don't know how many they did. But that's, that's <laughs> you know that. We've talked about seasons before, and that's always been a sore point with me. If you're going to have a game with, with where the first player is going to rotate and it's limited rounds, right. then make it, you know, a, even through however many people you have. Seven rounds. What is that divisible by? Nothing? Okay, great. Prime numbers. Awesome. <laughs> 21. So you're going to have 21 people playing 21 one round? Rounds. Oh, 21 rounds. No. <laughs> I'm just know. saying, you know, that's, I don't like that. All right. That's, that's our review. But of, I really like that game. So. Of that. And you know what that means. We're done. That is it. Okay. So that brings us to the end of another Tabcast episode. Now, we love that you spent time listening with, uh, to us today. Uh, and if you'd like to ask us questions or comment on, on our show, email us at talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com. Also, you can contact us by joining the guild. Doing so also allows you access to the content creation aspect of these episodes because we do all sorts of polls and questions and cool stuff, you know? We try to. <laughs> <laughs> Simply go to talkaboutboardgames.com and click on the forum button in the top left uh, corner of the page, and it will get you right to our uh, Board Game Geek Guild 
cool. Uh, we would also like to urge you to like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Now, in two weeks, Nicole and I return with a live playthrough review of the Bruno Cathala game, Raptor. It's going to be another five for five finale, isn't it? Okay. Thanks for listening. I have to fail. Okay. The frog creature chases you out of the dungeon and you can't find a safe place to build. So I just get rid of this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Waste of time. Precious wasted time. Excellent. <laughs>